Hey, social entrepreneurs, let's uplift and soothe and elevate. This is Katla Ho. I am your coach on Uplift Catalyst. So, this wonderful autumn day, I have been thinking about the message from Michelle Obama uh, about the idea that our challenges are actually our advantages and uh, yeah she made me do a double take uh, all the challenges disappointments disruptions heartache um, disappointments have I said disappointments <laughs> that I've experienced in life as an African woman um, you know in a tiny tiny economy at the very bottom of Africa it, I, you know, I had to work with it. I had to work with myself. My challenges are my advantages. And uh, that, you know, took a moment. And I'm a master coach, you know. But I've readily accepted since childhood that crisis is a mix of opportunity coming in disguise of a problem and I know that most of the world yeah you know we accept that and we see that and we see evidence of that in our lives it doesn't feel great while you're going through it but really as African people I think uh, this is excuse me a really important um, cornerstone keystone to the extreme resilience that we have to have living in this continent that uh, is Africa starts with an A should be the first mentioned continent whenever people refer to the world generally you'll find people will say all over the world yeah you know North America South America Europe and Asia and they'll even maybe say Oceania, you know, Southeast Asia, <laughs> and nonchalantly carry on and never mention Africa, right? So I was uh, doing an online program. Uh, I do a lot of uh, programs, as you know, just to keep myself in the know and at the leading edge of the latest um, in my field in organizational psychology and entrepreneurship, uh, I like to stay sharp. And uh, one of the university programs that I was taking said, you know, had a little survey just to try and find out what kind of person is interested in that subject. And one of the things, one of the early exercises in the survey was how do you see yourself? Um, you know, with your circumstances, your situation in life, um, if we were to use a ladder of life as an analogy, how, where would you see yourself on that ladder? And I thought, mm, you know, the coach in me was like, I don't like the idea of a ladder because there is no ladder in life. You know, uh, this is the thing that screws people up, right? That fucks them up, actually. Um, and but as much as I was resistant, I was like, ah, okay, it's a survey, let me answer, right? I've been on the other side of surveys, so I was like, okay, let me not overthink it. 
Um, so I put myself relatively, you know, maybe three rungs from the top of the ladder. I'm feeling good, feeling um, optimistic, feeling uh, full of self-worth. Got some work always. There's always work, right? Your ideal is is right at the top of the ladder, but your current in the moment might be slightly below that, right? So that's where I put myself. Surprisingly, the next question, which you couldn't see when you did that, uh, was another ladder. And it said, now rate yourself your current situation, your current circumstances, your um, current conditions, uh, you know, all the things of your life. Rate yourself in relation to the rest of the world. Ay, ay, ay. Okay, so now I. That's my pet peeve. I don't even like to talk about it, right? I found myself rating myself three rungs from the bottom. Um, yeah, look, South Africa has a tiny, tiny economy. And um, to work with my mindset, um, I think years ago, I would have struggled to put myself near the bottom. Uh, even if I knew the facts about the size and the tininess of the economy, I would have tried to force myself to be optimistic and generally be overly optimistic. Cause, and I've learned that's not the intention of positive psychology. That's not the intention of coaching. Um, you can be real while remaining um, full of self-worth and forward-looking and in your power. It's a clash of ideas. It's a paradox. It's how the new world of entrepreneurship and work is because it's about ambiguity it's about being comfortable holding two opposing ideas comfortably simultaneously and for me right now that is the definition of africa can you hold two opposing views of africa simultaneously and comfortably because i really believe as a social entrepreneur any kind of entrepreneur that is what's going to give you the extreme resilience required not just in Africa but all over the world. The extreme resilience to persist and to be tenacious and to believe in yourself enough to become the best in the world at something that you know lights you up, that you love, that you're passionate about. Um, to be the best in the world about it enough to have a positive social impact and enough to have a positive impact on your uh, wealth meter, on your wallet, right? If you want wings and a wallet and a great waistline, you've got to believe in yourself. But if you also want uh, a wonderful world to live in, you've also got to be um, optimistic while accepting and appreciative at the same time. So this episode, fasten your seatbelts. We're talking about Mama Africa. We are talking about 
the continent often overlooked and yet is the continent of the future. Okay, so here's the thing. Life is not a competition, right? And certainly uh, the Darwinian competitive attitude is not helpful. So I want us to think about Africa outside of the box, outside of this idea that if we uh, promote Africa, if we elevate Africa, if we uplift and, and, and talk about Africa in a positive way, it takes away from the other continents, right? It doesn't. There's no competition. In um, Sesotho, which is my husband's home language from Lesotho, he is from Maseru, um, there's a saying that says, uh, and really that's just about saying life is not a competition you know there's no if i were to say it literally that saying says cows don't have first come first serve cows there's no cow that at the end of the day is first and gets a prize for being first and one that's lost there's no loser cow <laughs> That just <laughs> the visuals of that just <laughs> okay, Mary Lou. Why don't you uh, uh, do, if you watch um, <laughs> Grace and Frankie, Frankie and Grace, my favorite um, Netflix comedy, you'll know what, what I was thinking of. Anyway, that's a sidetrack. My point is, um just because in this podcast in today in particular I want to emphasize the importance of Africa doesn't mean that you know it's going to take away and make another continent a loser right there is enough space in the world oh excuse me oh my gosh I'm having a day of it um, there's enough space, there's enough opportunity, there is enough money, there is enough um, resources in the world, and certainly in Africa, uh, for it not to be a losing game for others if we speak about our positives, okay? Um, so let's start from that point of view first and foremost, uh, because this is going to be about resetting our mental models, resetting our map figuratively speaking of what it means to be in Africa as a social entrepreneur and an entrepreneur in general um, have you heard the story about the uh, private ambulance service in India it is um, social entrepreneurial wonder right um, and a lot of these wonderful social enterprises are popping up all over India and I think it's a great um, source of ideas if you f- you're feeling the itch and you're wanting to st- stretch yourself you want to escape the cubicle and start a business um, or you want to contribute deep down in your soul somehow look to India for inspiration if you're not feeling so inspired necessarily by just looking at and speaking to people in your community 
I think cribbing is a, a lost art. <laughs> so there's an ambulance service, a private ambulance service that operates on a freemium model in India. And the freemium model really is offering a free service of use of the ambulance because the government ambulances are defunct for one reason or another. Um, and I think as South Africans, we probably understand what that means. Maybe not so easy to understand if you're coming from a Western perspective. But there's plenty of opportunity in healthcare for uh, powerful um, social impact businesses that are very lucrative and uh, this is a, a, a really awesome example so the freemium is if you're in a car accident um, the ambulance transports you to a hospital for free um, but then rare after there is a sliding scale uh, depending on your income depending if you're living in poverty they will charge you or not charge you uh, according to what you can pay um, so innovating for social impact in business doesn't mean you don't get paid doesn't mean you only do like a NGO um, it really can be a powerful model because this ambulance service is making a tidy profit millions if I'm um, not mistaken and um, doing something that society needs helping people have a better quality of life and well-being and a sense of reassurance that if I have a health scare if I have a mom who's delivering and having a problem I can get her and baby to safety that is powerful you know social capital being built so examples like that are plenty and there's lots in Africa as well but in particular in Africa I want to talk about um, our reputation because it's changed and it's changing um, right now it's seen as the frontier for growth right almost the way that India has been looked to um, the continent is becoming a destination of choice for businesses looking for opportunities to expand However, the African business environment is often very badly uh, understood. Uh, unappraised people with big opinions often only look at Africa through the lens of poverty, corruption, and conflict. Okay, and you can do the same thing with India. Um, but we're doing a lot less of that when we talk about India and Asia. Uh, and a lot more of that negativity when we talk about Africa. And I want you to challenge yourself on a personal level, right? Let's not talk about the continent. You as an individual, you trying to be the best business person you can be. I want to challenge you to a month of no complaining. Just one month, okay? Start with four days. Commit to four days of no complaining, no talking down. And if you do, which is a really great tactic and a tool to learn um, as an entrepreneur, um, if you do find yourself complaining, which you will, because most of us have um, complained just habitually, we don't even notice it. Um, I want to ask you to do something irritatingly easy, but you know, useless 
So every time you complain, ah, the stupid taxis, or ah, the load shedding, or whatever it is that you've got to complain about in your life, uh, shift your watch from one wrist to the other, right? It's quick, it's simple, but what will start happening every time you complain, your brain is going to start thinking, oh, shove it, I've just complained, and she's going to make me change my watch. I used to have, you know, those little rubber bands um, that were made popular by um, the Cancer Association, I think, on my wrist. And every time I complain, I would move the rubber band from one wrist to another. So it's something simple and easy like that. But that is now going to be connected to trying to create a, a, a healthy habit of speaking more positively and all you do is stop yourself um recognize and realize uh, complaining don't chastise yourself it's not a negative exercise it's just notice right the power of noticing in itself will, will start shifting you and you'll notice that you will catch yourself just before or just in the middle of a complaint rather than at the end of a complaint you'll catch yourself earlier and earlier in the process until you eliminate uh, the habit of complaining and I just want you to see how much effort it takes just on an individual level so the same thing is going to be required of us if we're going to talk about and think about Africa and Africans differently and the possibilities that are available to us for business so this is not about correcting your view of Africa and Africans and the potential for business. It's about empowering your views about Africa and the possibilities. Many of Africa's um, wealth has been recorded in recent years as interest in the continent has increased from its 54 distinct markets with a total population of over 1.2 billion people, by the way, with a massive land mass, massive land mass, a massive continent, um, 1.2 billion people is about the same amount of people in a tiny land mass called Europe. So just a thought. And its diversity highlighted by the fact that there are 2,000 languages and obviously cultures to go with those languages spoken in Africa. Um, six of the world's fastest growing economies can be found on the continent and five of the top 10 improvers in the world bank's ease of doing business index are african togo kenya cote d'ivoire rwanda djibouti and uh, you know we've got to acknowledge that africa is a continent with many challenges sure but we've already talked about challenge being advantage um, and I want you to think about that you know in South Africa we have this term right if you uh, you'll know what I'm talking about if you're from South Africa sitting maybe in um, the US somewhere uh, where we call ourselves uh, particularly people brown skin people as previously disadvantaged by the apartheid system and colonialism right now this way of uh, categorizing ourselves um, as previously disadvantaged 
may seem useful and productive because we're saying previously, right? But actually, it's so problematic because in your definition, in your identity as a business person is the word disadvantaged, right? And we really have to work on that and and start thinking of ourselves as we've had lots of challenges, terrible, inhumane challenges on this continent. We still have practices. If you watch um, the African Union's uh, president's YouTube channel, uh, she beautifully explains the process by which Africa's resources, iron ore, gold ore, um, all kinds of uh, uh, um, agriculture is still taken out of the continent for use elsewhere in the world and uh, payments are made not for, 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 for debt uh, but based on colonial arrangements from colonial times payments by governments, African governments to European governments are still enforced, right? So there's a lot of challenges. Um, There's a lot of inequality, inequity. Um, Yes, we get that, right? And India perhaps doesn't um, have those imposed on them today. But without becoming too political, I really want to encourage us to start saying, we have those challenges, which means we have advantages. And those advantages might not be evident. They might be psychological because we've been through so much, because we continue to go through so much, because we are, are, are a little more marginalized than the average brown person who comes from other places in the world. We've got to see that we have inner resources, we have psychological resources, we have spiritual resources that are not namby-pamby, useless, warm, fuzzy things. Um, If you listen to the previous episode, understand that we are energetic, vibrational beings. And that means those of us who have psychological power, psychological, spiritual resilience, because you know, we've lived through uh, genocide in Rwanda, you know, or we've lived through apartheid like myself. We've got to work on those wounds and realize that it gives us a powerful voice that needs to be used for the benefit of the, of, of the world. And we can get paid and create lucrative businesses fixing those wounds um, and injustices in Africa um, and social uh, challenges as well. Um, so a lot of the research now one of the books that I want to recommend to you is Africa's Business Revolution uh, How to Succeed in the World's Next Big Growth Market it's by Achaleke Moza Cheronga and George's DeVoe I think Moza Cheronga actually might be a senior executive of one of the banks that I worked at but um, it's a really powerful book um, sponsored uh, and and printed by the Harvard Business Review uh, Press Uh, have a look at it because in it 
it specifically based on research says um, if businesses approach Africa with the right mindset mindset people right it has the potential to deliver very favorable opportunities for growth and expansion and baby that means a lucrative business now more than ever the continent and its leadership and its people are ready to do business so how do you win in africa have a clear strategy yeah know how you're going to add value right believe in yourself and you, what you can do to add value to turn ordinary people into customers and then innovate innovate like the example of the ambulance service in india where your pricing is different ambulance services have been around since time immemorial people what makes that solution powerful is the pricing is innovative okay and then um take a long term view yeah and this is powerful because i think traditionally people have come to africa to to take away um and it's time for people to come in add value and add value for the long haul um and then invest in people invest in the communities invest in the teams that you build um whether you're an african or you're an expat coming back or you um or somebody who wants to immigrate here there are lots of people i meet a lot of people from russia from um asia from india from all kinds of places right who Greece who want to come to South Africa and see the opportunity who want to go all over Africa not just South Africa and see opportunities we who are here have to see them we who are here have to tap into them and tap into our inner resources to do so first and foremost um and tap into our mindset and improve it and develop it so that we are at the forefront of social entrepreneurship in Africa So the trends in the in the markets in Africa first trend fast growing urbanizing population uh with lots of unmet needs huge gap right second trend africa becoming uh into the industrial revolution for the first time uh and i think from a african woman's perspective we're really starting to own the idea of um women and women's rights and women ex rights the third trend is africa's infrastructure gap airports roads um harbors um hospitals uh clinics uh i want to say entertainment uh but really you know for african kids to have safe places to play and learn um and and schools of course fourth trend um africa obviously has huge untapped uh wealth of resources mineral resources agricultural resources and new innovations 
that can unleash it. Um, and lastly, fifth, there's more, right? But I'm just going to tap on these five. Africans are rapid adopters of digital and mobile uh, technology, right? These technologies are what is going to allow Africa and Africa's economy to leapfrog into opportunity uh, from challenge, from disadvantage. What's going to enable it is our willingness to, uh, you know, be tech savvy. Um, and, and, you know, I, one of the things that really um, impressed me many years ago when I was doing generational uh, work was understanding the different generations in South Africa, uh, millennials, Gen Y, Gen X, baby boomers, they have different names in, in, in South African context and in the continent context. Um, for instance, uh, my generation, Gen X, for a very long time was called the lost generation in South Africa. We've got to show ourselves that we're not lost at all. We are very clear about what's possible for us right here at home. Um, and um, the hope that I had for that is that if you take the characteristics of different generations across the world, like millennials, like Gen Y, like Gen X, African, South African generations, those characteristics are amped up. So if you think millennials in general want to see meaning and purpose and feel good about the things that they do and that they get involved in and the energy that they expand in their work, South African gen uh, millennials are three times more like that. Um, if you think Gen X's are about um, impact and social upliftment and unity, South African Gen X, just like me, um, um, highly sensitive social entrepreneurs are three times more like that, right? Um, we don't want to be labeled because we want to adapt to change. We want to be fast moving and agile and um, pulled by our heart's desires rather than pushed um, in the same way um, that baby boomers were. So lots going on, lots to think about. Um, and, and, and sometimes maybe the opposite of what you think Africa is. Number one takeaway, key takeaways is Africa is vast and businesses need to understand the cultural nuances of individual uh, countries and generations, uh, have a clear strategy before investing right that goes for any business person anywhere um and be resilient work on your resilience so that you can weather um perceptions of volatility because sometimes those things play on your mind um it's interesting to me right now that the coronavirus is um impacting much of the world and not so much southern sub-saharan africa as yet 
So there are opportunities, there are things that are different that allow us to have opportunities. Um, Africans are avid users of technology, right? Um, be positive. Look to build and identify future growth markets and don't ask how can we help Africa ask how can I be involved committed to Africa and other Africans that's social entrepreneurship let's elevate I will live this day as though it's my last. That, again, is Ogmandino, Fifth Scroll. And to me, the idea behind that is not a fearful one, of course. Um, it's about setting the day and saying, today I am enthusiastic. I am enjoying the day. I'm accepting uh, of what emerges because I am aware that this day may never return again in this time-space reality exactly as it is. It really is about seizing the moment and that was the theme of my uh, final year in uh, high school, to seize the day, you know, and what more powerful mantra can there be for social entrepreneurs like you and me? This has been Uplift Catalyst with Katlaho, your coach. Let's elevate. <laughs>